Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 86 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Dr. Ray Painter. And today, we want to discuss our upcoming webinar, which is coming up on March 10th, and the topic and why we chose that topic. And the title of the webinar is, How to Tell if You Need More Urology Coding Training and How to Get It. Ray, you want to just share with us why we picked that topic and... uh, Kind of what we're thinking. Well, Scott, that reminds me of the old saying that I think is quite true in this in this setting. You need to know what you need to know. But there's another one that goes along with it that fits the reason for the seminar. And that is, you don't know what you don't know. And, and I think that's a big problem for us in urology today. Uh, as you know, we've been in this business of trying to educate uh, uh, urologists and their staff on coding and reimbursement issues for the last 30 years. And I can honestly say that things get more and more complicated every year. If you would have told me when I gave my first lectures on this, uh, the things we're dealing with today, I would have laughed in your face <laughs> because they are, they've split hairs that they've already split before in making this more complicated. And it's become more and more important for each member of the team to understand what they need to know in order to submit a correct code. Now, back in the earlier days, when we were just changing to the new system in 1992, we had the attention of a a lot of folks because there were major changes. And You know, in the early 2000s, urology had the lowest denial rate of any specialty. And we were known in the the Medicare circles as being a group that pretty well charged for what we did. The most recent statistics showed that we're now in the middle of the pack. Our denial rates nationwide for Medicare was 17%. You know, that's really unacceptable because there's two reasons. One, the denial rate only gives us one end of the spectrum because that just shows what you bill wrong. But it didn't show what we didn't bill and what we're not getting paid for that we should be getting paid for. And and those two issues that we're talking about are, are big. We do billing for a number of physician urology practices across the country. 
And our denials rate sit at around 5% in on the average. Now, that's not because we're writing off things that shouldn't be write, written off. We follow everything that should be paid to the nth degree. And we also help to educate the, the physicians and the staff we work with on how to identify all services that should be paid. So, Scott, the short answer to the reason <laughs> for your seminar is we want to give folks a good idea of how to do a self-assessment. You know, there's a certain amount of knowledge physicians need to know or qualified providers need to know about how to identify the services they provide and communicate accurately to their staff. And then there's a different level of knowledge that the coders need to know on what to bill and how to bill specialty, I mean, uh, payer-specific bills. Well, you know, we, we another question I have for you is the certified uh, procedural coder, the CPC, uh, that's kind of the, the standard in, uh, for coding in the industry. And you can also go on and get, uh, you know, a CPC with an emphasis like in urology, so a CPCU and other specialties. But can you, can you talk a little bit about what that really is as far as what we've seen and what we've experienced in training CPCs and what, what you'd recommend and what you recommend for the coders and also for the docs and the admins that may be hiring those coders. Um, can you tell kind of what that is and, and what, what, what we recommend? Well, the the CPC uh, certification has been a good thing overall. It helps familiarize the the coder with the CPT ICD-10 and exposes them to billing rules, but it doesn't prepare them to be an excellent urology biller. We see too many CBC CPCs that do not have a good work standing of the rules. Uh, we That reminds me, we hired a coder, very smart, very knowledgeable, many years ago that could almost quote you verbatim the rules. And really impressive when we hired her. But when we put her into the real world to start uh, determining what should be billed and what could be billed on a specific encounter, she was stymied. She knew the rules, but did not understand how to apply them. And what everyone needs to know is a good concept of, for instance, what a modifier 25 or why uh, when to use the X modifiers, 59 modifiers, and when not to. Those are the two most abused modifiers that we have. Mm 
and they're abused both ways. When we audit practices, we find the modifiers applied a lot of times when they should not be applied, and they're not used at other times they should be. And that's the level of knowledge that we are encouraging folks to go to. Well, I, internally, we've had the discussion of, uh, you know, a CPC is is like is kind of like getting your going to a driver's education course in the classroom. So it's good to know the rules of the road. Good to get all that background, what the shape of the sign, and you know all that stuff. But getting out on the road and driving well, you know, if we equate that to urology coding, that's kind of like needing your commercial driver's license with years of experience. I mean, you need to have that experience, that live experience, and you're driving a much bigger, bigger, bigger truck. And what a lot of practices or a lot of coders even don't understand is once you get that CPC, then you need to go on and practice and learn and be become that expert in that specialty like urology. Is that uh, is that a fair analogy? Yeah, that's a good analogy. You uh, you you've got to get the working knowledge because uh, we've always sort of maintained that in every uh, law there's three parts. You have a law, and then you have the regulations. So, and for the billing rules, we have CPT. Then we have Medicare and they come up with the regulations. And then you have to have the interpretation of the regulations. And that's where it gets difficult. And one of the problems we have is there's a lot of misinformation. You, you have to be careful your sources, and somebody may tell you that you can bill in a certain situation, and others may say you can't. You know, a good example is we recently reviewed uh, some comments and someone had quoted Mark as saying, you can't bill for an evaluation service on a patient with a scheduled Cisto. Well, number one, Mark would never say that. But now this person who's head of a coding uh, department or could be head of a coding department has now been quoting that for some time. And I can't count the number of times I've been invited into big practices or universities where the compliance department totally had an interpretation of a rule wrong. They didn't understand it, and they were preventing the docs from billing for things that they had heard me say at a seminar you could bill for. So there's, we, we have to combat bad interpretation, which leads to bad information. It also reminds me of this, the, the recent person that took the assessment that we give out and to to check the level of urology understanding you know it's not uh it's a good 
quick assessment of how urology, how the knowledge of urology coding. Well, this person, this particular person had eight years of urology coding and they took our assessment and they got 10% correct. So how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, you got person with an experience, you got it with a, you know, a, a certification with experience, but yet you still can't be sure that they're doing it correctly. How do you, how do you make sure that they're doing it correctly? Well, now, Scott, I should add, because it could just be a bad test. <laughs> but we, we've had someone else make a good score on it and tell us that that was one of the more practical and, and accurate tests that they've been asked to take after applying for numerous coding positions. So we, we have vetted it and it is a good test. You know, in talking about this education, Scott, I'm gonna take a few minutes to plug something that's important that, that I'd like to be sure everybody understands. You know, we've been giving a coding course now for a number of years where we're elevating the practical knowledge of the coder and the uh, physicians in knowing how to play their role in this team that it takes to submit a clean claim. And we haven't given up on the physicians, but we have decided we needed to start at a younger age. So we've started a uh, educational nonprofit foundation the PRS Education Foundation, and we are providing coding training for urologists in their programs and any program that would like, and we're doing it free of charge. It's for the urology we, residents. For urology residents, because we know it's important to get them educated at a younger time, because urologists are like anybody else. When you get out and you go into practice and you're up to your rear end and, and, and alligators, it's hard to remember you're there to drain the swamp. So when they get busy, if they can delegate, they do. And, and that can lead to mistakes in identification of services and in billing. So... Back to my other question is, how do you how do you really tell if somebody has the right coding knowledge? You know, I mentioned our assessment. Is that the best way to do it? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of coders out there may think they know, and they, you know, a lot of coders may want to test themselves, and physicians may want to test themselves. What What do you think we should? Uh, you know, obviously in our our webinar that we're giving on March 10th, part of that in, does include an assessment that everybody can take. So we'll put a link to that in the, the uh, show notes. So if you go to prsnetwork.com for, forward slash 086, you can get a link to sign up and there will have, we'll, we'll be providing an assessment there. Is, is that the best way to do it? I, you know, I, I imagine a lot of these, you know, kinds of goes back to your opening quotes. You don't know what you don't know. And if somebody doesn't know that they don't know it, then how do they assess themselves or 
how do they how do they make sure that they do know it? Well, the only two ways that I know is one, you could have what you've done in the past six months audited. And that would give you a good idea of whether you build what you needed to build or not. Now, when we go into audit a practice to try to determine where they're billing what they should be billing, we also have to go back a little further and take a look to be sure the metrics are there that shows they're probably identifying all that they need to identify to start the billing process. And you've always heard me say, you can't trust the Madoff report that you get at the end of the month. And I call it the Madoff report because that report tells you you build so much, there was a certain amount of that that you had to take as a contractual write-off. And we did collect uh, 98% of what we should have collected. That's the average report. But if you didn't identify it in the very beginning and charge for everything you should have charged for, that won't be represented in the report. And if you got a denial from a payer and you wrote it off when actually it wasn't a contractual write-off, you should have been paid for it. If it had been billed correctly, that doesn't show up in the report either. So, you know, audits is one way of doing it, but the other, and I think a more fun way and a more personal way is, as you mentioned, we have designed a very practical test, one that takes scenarios that you deal with every day and ask you multiple choice questions as to which is the right answer. And then you do a self-evaluation of that test. You get the answers and determine what knowledge and what education you need. Yeah, that, uh, that that's good, good advice. And I think, you know, with our mission, our mission at PRS is to help physicians and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. And really what we're trying to do with this is make sure that the coding knowledge for physicians, you know, not uh, APPs, providers, I mean, <laughs> other QHPs, admins and coders and billers is all, you know, up, up to snuff and raised up to that high level. And we know based on the numbers we're seeing out there, from our audits, from the national number that Ray quoted, from the questions we're getting, from all this stuff, that that there's a lot of information, that a lot of misinformation out there, and a lot of coding knowledge that needs, or a lot of urology coding that needs to be clarified and improved. So what what can they? Okay, so so now they know they need help. This is where uh, where I want to share. I'm kind of excited. Tell us a little bit about the urology coding course because that's really what is the second part of the the webinar is 
how to get that coding knowledge. And one tool in there that we have is our urology coding course. So you want to share a little bit about what that is and what we're trying to do with that? Well, we've got the coding course divided into two different uh, courses. One for the providers, the urologists, the uh, QPPs, and one for the coding and admin staff. Because there's uh, four steps in there that the provider definitely needs to understand. And the other 16 in what we call the wheel of fortune are the steps from the time the patient calls for scheduling until the time the money's in the bank, that we, we need to have some knowledge by the physicians, but we need to have more knowledge by the staff. And we need to have this as a well-greased machine wherever members of the team know how to fulfill their role. Because as all of you know, you have to have uh, everything on a claim totally clear and clean and accurate in order for it to be a clean claim and get paid in a timely fashion. And we concentrate on the uh, identification, the documentation, and the communication, and the billing. Those are the, the key to uh, understanding. The collection of the data is important, it has to be accurate, and the follow-up on the billing. But if you don't get those steps correctly in the middle, then nothing comes out right. So true. Sure. Well, and, and I'll add that, you know, we've been working with urologists and their staff for, you know, over 30 years. And the coding course that, that we've put together really takes all that past experience and knowledge and puts it into a course that we've found is the best way for urologists and urology coders and admins and staff members to learn. So that's really what we're, you know, we're trying to give you the tools and give you those, uh, the, the best, not the best way for you to learn urology coding and, and really be the best you can be in your practices. And that's really what we're, we're trying to do. We, we give away a lot of information. And uh, the coding course is a paid product. But we do encourage you to come listen to our webinar next week on March 10th. And we do encourage you to check out the urology coding course as well. Anything else to add, Ray? Yeah, I just want to reemphasize if any of you listening are associated with a residency program, Encourage them to look into our free coding support through the Educational Foundation. Uh, that includes uh, resources like Coding Today, uh, access to the coding course for residents, and, uh, and other materials. Uh, 
including a place to get correct answers that we think is a little better than Google. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, and uh, we'll put that link in the episode notes. So if you go to prsnetwork.com forward slash 086, you can find links to all that we talked about today. So the residents, uh, you can find a link to the PRS Education Foundation and then also links to the webinar coming up on March 10th and the coding course. All right, with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery. <laughs>